0: From Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton.
1: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, You know, I'm going to keep leading my program off this way, man. It's it's almost time, man. It's time for that warm weather. You know, we got that hour. And uh, I know some of y'all were mad about that hour. But, you know, just means a little bit more sunshine (laughs) for for me, Uh, you know, going out there and and attacking those things. You know, I, I call it a privilege in life man, to be in the body of Christ, man. Cause you know, um, uh, having been probably from the time I was a, a little shorty, I was just groomed, uh, to be a businessman. And that's what runs in my family. You know what I mean? Uh, is business, you know, uh, my dad, you know, prior to his divorce from my mom, you know, he would, uh, you know, he part on in a gas station and on a nightclub. And, and I tell everybody I spent my time. You know, growing up on on bar stools. You know what I mean, and and then I got into this com. You know this this um, dancing thing. You know, because everybody was dancing back then, and then I would do talent shows, and and I would get in adult talent shows, and I would I would I would dance, and you know that's why even with uh, bad knees, I still dance doing worship at church. You know what I mean? I just tease all the young people that said, "Man, why y'all ain't dancing, man? They're being still. It's the time to be free." You know, you can run around a church. They wait till church is over to run around. But, uh, you know, but being in the body of the kingdom has afforded me the opportunity to meet people from all over the world. Um, you know, when I was living in Houston, Houston being such an international city, uh, you know, I just had the opportunity to build relationships with people and talk about different things and, and visit parts of the country, parts of the world. It's just, it's just fantastic to me, you know, and again, attending a uh, historically black college and university at Florida and M university. I also had the opportunity to meet people, you know, from the islands, from, uh, you know, from, from Africa, just, it just was, I just had a very enriched life, you know what I mean? And a lot of my friends are from, are from different, uh, backgrounds, diff- different cultures have always mingled cross culturally. You know what I mean? And that's why I always tell people that race is not culture, you know, cause you can have, your church can be mono, um, you know, ethnic, but be multicultural. People come from different cultures, or it can be multicultural and and, and be multiethnic and monocultural, meaning that everybody comes from the same kind of background. And it's almost like you know, you you live in the suburbs. It it has these big signs when you drive out there that say houses starting at right. So the main line of, of demarcation or, or or bias is in your income. Can you afford to live here? If you can, you can live here. You know, what I mean, it's not about Uh, what color you are, or anything like that. I mean, that may play into getting a loan for some people, some areas, but pretty much so it boils down to money. And so what we try to teach kids today, I want to talk about uh, preparing your children for leadership. You know, I talked about transitions last week, how this is the time of year is a time of transition. Uh, You know, next Saturday, the 24th of March, I'll be doing a seminar at my church uh, for kids in 7th through 11th grade. And the title of the seminar is the two ways to go to college, pay or get paid. I will give an overview of the process, the overview of how you prepare yourself to, to market yourself, to, to get out there so that you can have options in, in, in your educational process. Uh, and so in our summer program, which is for kids ages uh, five through 12, we we emphasize, you know, math, reading and writing. And in the morning, in the afternoon, uh, we do uh, sports. And then for an hour and a half, we do, we have chapel where we sing songs, you know, typical thing. But our chapel is a little bit different. Our chapel focuses on purpose. So we have come up with our our formula for success, which is uh, 3E to the power of JC equals success. Now that 3E is education exercise and enlightenment and enlightenment being knowing your purpose, knowing why you're here, you know, knowing what, what it is that you accomplish upon in this earth realm. And education speaks for itself. It's not just limited to college or anything like that, but it's equipping yourself to, to handle your purpose and exercise, man, we all need it. You know, I intend people tend to have uh high paying jobs. They tend to work out and see doctors cause they want to, you know, the company wants them to live on forever. But all of us have a high-paying job, you know, and that's in in leading our families, you know what I mean. And and whether you have kids or not, you have family, you know. You got nieces, nephews, things like that. I know some of my cousins. Uh, the only time they ever hear the gospel is when I come around, because it's not happening in the context of where they are. And uh, and some of them receive it lightly. Uh, some go, oh well, here comes oh, here comes cousin Joe. He gonna preach the gospel again. You know, he's gonna talk about Jesus. You know, but they, their framework is limited to TV and whatever else they come in contact with because they're not really readers. And so, you know, you, you know, many women of God are not always portrayed with the with the greatest of elegance on television. And matter of fact, we don't even portray ourselves with the greatest of elegance in church. And so we really have to be careful about what we do in the message that we send. At Spirit of the Lord Church, you know, our one of the main goals that we have there is. That though we're a small church, and we don't mind being a small church, you know, studies say that you know seventy percent of the churches in America are seventy-five people or less. Small churches there, yet you know most of your training—if you're like me—trainers you go to, everything tends to be geared, even. Christian bookstores tend to be geared toward the the larger church. You know what they're talking about? Staff. I go staff. Spell staff. I don't even get paid. You know what I mean? You know we strictly volunteer run. Uh, trying to get things accomplished and uh, and, you know, and just just faith moving by faith in a lot of things. And so we've always been there. And I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I've I've not always been the most happiest camper uh, with my situation and and where I've been, you know, because, you know, I've always been told that if I'm good at what I do, my church will grow. If I'm good at what I do, you know, I'll get promoted or, you know, I get this. And 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 I know I'm good at what I do, but, you know. My church just seems to change. You know, it, it's it goes between fifty and seventy people, and and every two to three years, I got a different fifty to seventy people. And you know, if I was talking to a pastor friend of mine the other day, he said, "Man, if they would all stick. We'd be good, wouldn't we?" I said, "Yeah," but for whatever reason, they don't all stick. But it also provides an intimate environment because a lot of the people in the urban context that we do tend to minister to need a lot of time and a lot of help. And it's not something that, that they can get if I had to also worry about two or 300 other parishioners, you know, to, 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 you know, the average person that we've seen in our ministry that when we go out to reach to them, they come in and out two or three times before they finally stay. And 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 that could be a wear and tear, you know, I, I mean, because they feel guilty sometimes because they might not have left on the greatest of terms because of their, their, their addiction or whatever they did. They may have done something that they feel ashamed about. And we have to reassure them that, that, uh, that they're forgiven, they're accepted, they can come back. You know, I remember once, uh, you know, somebody was, was felt so bad about stealing money from the church that, that, you know, they were talking about committing suicide and we had to talk them out of it and get them to understand that, hey, we forgive them. And, you know, now they're just a, a, a vibrant member of the church and would do anything, you know, to help us out in that context. But, you know, the thing about it was we had to be authentic in what we did and truly forgive them and let them go. It, it was it was hard, you know. There was a great debate, you know. What I mean, I admit I was one of the most hardest ones, you know, having come out of a business background, and having come out of a you know type of environment where you read what you sow. and uh, I was just like, hey, you know, let, hey, well, you know, in order to get our money back, the bank said we had to press charges, and so my pastor kind of walked me through it. He said, "Well, Joe," I said, "Well, we need. I mean, we can't we can't afford to take take this that kind of a hit, you know. We're broke, and we you know we're behind." And so, but as he walked me through the scenario, you know, so we could press charges and get our money back, he said, but where would the kids go live? They'll end up in child protection. They'll end up here, you know, because that, and when I looked at the effects of it, he said, what do you want to do, pastor? Whatever you say, we're going to do we're going to do. And um, I looked at him and said, you know, the answer, we'll eat the money. I said, we'll eat the money, you know, and you know, we, we, rehabbed that guy man and he and he messed up again and went back again and we rehabbed him again and man the fourth time was a charm you know the fourth time he stuck he became a minister got married you know I mean it was just one of the things that are there and so when I look back on it you know it's been fruitful I mean you know it's been very fruitful to see lives change to to see kids now who have a, a you know a redeemed mom and dad you know and mom and dad is scarce. I don't care what community you're going in now, but to see that that that, that can happen and, and and that they in turn can have that stability they need to launch forth. And so what we do uh, every summer, we run it, you know, have an eight week program where we get these kids every day. You know what I mean? And and being a small church, it's a big step for us. But another one of the things the Spirit of the Lord Church that we said we wanted to be, we want to be an example to other small churches that you don't have to be big to be effective. I'm going to say it again. You don't have to be big to be effective. You don't have to have a lot of money to be effective. You know, I thank God for organizations like, uh, you know, the Bremer foundation and, and, uh, the McGuire family foundation who, who have helped us along the way, you know, be able to minister to more kids. But, you know, we started off with, with 10 kids and a, and a, and a shoestring budget, man, and a bunch of volunteers, and, man, we, we made some impacts. And out of those 10 kids, well, well, to be back, it's 13 kids because, you know, a couple of them was underage, but they shouldn't have been in the program, but we had them anyway. Um, out of those 13, uh, eight of them decided they wanted to go to, to college. Three moved off to another city. We couldn't track them as whether they went to college or not. Uh, and so, you know, that's why I said 10, but it, it was really 13 uh, two just went into into vocational careers. Uh, the college wasn't for them, and they they're doing well. And those those things, uh, out of those eight, uh, all of them but two have graduated from uh, from from college. Uh, one's a junior, and uh, one's taking a, a sabbatical. And they and 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 the level of exposure that they have now, you know, that was 13 years ago, and now they're like 23, 22, 24 years old they're just getting out there getting getting acclimated to their trades and stuff you know we just said as a small church we did that we currently have 27 scholars in college uh studying Uh, we mentor them in college we check in when we make sure they're doing okay uh follow them up for grades and everything we do these college seminars to help kids understand that maybe not every kid can join us for that eight nine week seminar coming through but we also want to make sure that every kid has the opportunity to best understand their circumstances. Because too often times, I run into children that have great ACT scores and great grades, but they just don't know how to navigate the process. And they just don't know how to navigate. And their parents didn't go to college, so they don't know how to navigate the process. So we try to help them do that. So on Saturday 24th, from 11 to 1, that seminar, how, how, you know, two ways to go to college, will be held at our church, Spirit of the Lord Church, one zero zero one Penn Avenue North. Uh, you can give me a call six one two five eight eight zero five eight two and leave a message if you want to leave a message or um, that's the church's number. And then, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get back with you and, and do that. But we do that in, in the case of understanding to keep with that three E to the power of JC equals success. You can have education and exercise and enlightenment and be going along your way. But it's when it's to the power, when you depend on the power of Jesus Christ, it's going to equal success. And and so, you know, not everyone uh, wants to depend on that power, you know, and uh, and we lay it out to them to understand that it's crucial if you really want to be successful. You can be successful without it, but your success will not go past your lifetime. You know what I mean? And we try to teach you how to build a legacy. So we teach kids how to build a legacy, what they need to do and where they need to go and over these years, these summers, you know, I think the, the we started off with those 13 kids and, and the most we've ever had was 80 kids. That was too much. It just drove us crazy. that something. And, uh, and so we, we trimmed it down to where we take, uh, 60 kids and right. We take 60 kids. We, we charge uh, $85 a kid. And that does not even touch the cost, but it's just something that we want them to buy into. And, uh, the part of the reason for the success is that we create a mod. we created a model that raises up indigenous leadership you know uh i would say right now today every last person that uh works in that program was once a kid in that program and so what we do is we we take them till 12 and then 13 and 14 they they do a junior high leadership thing and uh that's taught by me and i teach them the key principles of leadership uh, different skill sets, time management, uh, people management, uh, money management. <laughs> we go through all of that, and then and then when they hit after their ninth grade year, they can become staff, which is they become they become uh, teacher assistants, and then college age students who are once like them are the teachers, and then we have some uh, teachers because they get summer off. They they supervise the whole program to make sure it runs smooth. And so we, we've had a success doing that and, you know, and preparing these kids, uh, you know, for leadership and getting them to understand what it really means to be a leader. And we use a servant leadership model, you know, not a top down dictatorship model, but a servant leadership model. And we teach them how to serve within that context. Uh, and so, you know, that's it. I mean, during these times of transition, you got things that happen that way. Uh, we're up for a break now. You're listening to Isaiah 61, the Radio Ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton, and when we come back from the break, uh, I'm going to take you to what our dream is, what what our dream is, and why we we're doing what we're doing.
0: Picture this, standing at the Sea of Galilee and being baptized in the Jordan River. Visiting Jerusalem, where every stone pathway leads you towards the life of Christ and the story of God's promise on earth. These moments can be yours when you join Tony and Lois Evans for Experience Israel 2018, November 7th through the 16th. With gifted musical guests Anthony Evans and Meredith Andrews, your time in Israel will be rich with a spiritual blessing. Visit am980themission.com for more information and to book your journey to Israel today.
1: Pastor Joe Sutton with Isaiah 61 coming back after the break. Uh, love that. Love that boom, boom music. You know, uh, oh, just a, a sideline tip, you know, for for those of you who may not have known, uh, you know, you know, sometimes when you're, you know, you you had to be a jack of all trades as an urban pastor, you know, or a small church pastor, because you got to bring that money in, but yet stay devoted, you know, to what you're doing. Now, I remember when I was uh, before I came to the Lord. You know, everybody in my family had music ability but me. I I, I was, was playing the French horn. Then when my mother saw how much one cost, she took me off the French horn. <laughs> then I was playing drums. And when it came time to move up to the next kit, she took me off the drums. And so then they offered me piano, and I said, no. You know, I wish I wouldn't have said no, but I just had this stereotype in my mind that, you know, all piano players tend to be a little fruity, and I didn't want to be a jellyback. I, you know, I, I, I was I, so my mother wouldn't let me play football because I used to be paralyzed from the waist down, and I had chicken pops and German measles at the same time, and so she was, didn't want me to play any contact sport. But after seeing the price of a drum set and a French horn. She said, you can go play football. (laughs) And that's why I limp to this day. (laughs) I I love the sport of football, man. It saved my life, man. It saved my life because I can get inside those white lines and I can hurt people. I could hurt people and hurt people. I tried to do because I really wanted to hurt other people, namely, i.e. my parents. And, And so, but it helped me to channel that anger out in a way that, that wasn't there, you know? And, uh, and so I was, I got a son who's just like me and, uh, who seems nice and docile, but he has a, he has a little temper on him. And I I say that to go back to saying is that one of the things we do as we get kids who journey with us, a lot of kids journey with us one year and they're gone, but we have a solid group of kids that tend to journey the whole journey. And so we not only look at how well they can do math and reading and everything like that, or how well they play sports, but we try to evaluate them and look at them for the weaknesses that they can have that could be exploited. And uh, on our application, we put this one little thing, one little question. We said, are there any gifts or abilities your son or daughter has that we need to know about so we can help mature them? And most parents can't answer that question. And, and because they, they never looked, they, they were always too busy looking at the negative things their child did and never really thought about the positive things they did. And some of when they do write the answers down there is they can play video games, they can dance, they can rap. It's always something like that, you know, that, that goes down that, that thing. And I, I was telling my, my older children the other day, I said, people in poverty tend toward entertainment. People in prosperity tend toward education. I said, you know, this old Bishop told me one time, you can tell a man by his library. And uh, he said, look at his library. Look at his video library, his magazines, his books. It'll tell you all about. And uh, and so as I did that check the other day, I realized I had to, uh, was talking to my son. I said, you're about entertainment. You know what I mean? You got to be about, ed- I'm about education? I said, there ain't a book in your house. <laughs> but there's six flat screens. You know what I mean? <laughs> iPads. That's not computers. I said he said he said, Yeah, he thought about it. He said, Yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, you know, and he had to, he started changing. You know, my grandson came by the next day with a couple books, you know. What I mean, and, you know, we read and did some things like that. But sometimes we don't think about that. You know, we get our degree and we're so happy to get our degree that we don't want to see another book again. And and learning is a continual process. So we teach the young people the education is not just limited to what you learn during your months in school, but education is also a continuing development of who you are and what you're called to be. So we me, always develop yourself. Always, you know, read, attend a seminar, do whatever it needs to do to keep your breast the way you are. You know, I, I know me and my wife follow that formula, even in our marriage. I mean, we've been married 25 years and we've attended 19 marriage seminars due to babies or stuff stuff like that. We might've missed some years, but we always invest in that ourselves, you know? So, you know, at at our church, our vision is this, we want to be the center of influence for the next generation. You know, when we looked around and we did our community survey and we looked at the needs in our community, uh, there were people giving our food. There were people doing tutoring. There were people doing everything, but we didn't see anything or avenue where young people can develop their leadership skills. And I'm not talking about just taking a class you know, we just don't take a class. We have different levels of leadership that, that we have, you know, that we develop, you know, amongst our students, you know, we expect the 10 and 11 year olds, right. To lead to six and seven year olds. And we, we do that by having them read to them. So if I have a child, let me give you a real life example, teenager, right. Special ed, um, you know, really struggling, hard to go. Right. And so, couldn't get him to really uh, read or do anything. So he came to work for us. And so what I did was I assigned him to the first and second grade and his job was to be an associate teacher in that class where well, everybody kind of laughed; do barely reading, you know, fourth, or fifth grade level. But I said, no, this is what we're going to do. I said, his job is to read to them. That's what his job is. His job is to read to them. And so he would come in and he would read to the kids and he would do that Then he realized he had to start preparing himself because he didn't want the kids laughing at him. He pronounced the word wrong and did something wrong. So then he would go home and start reading, picking children's books to come back and read. I told him he had to develop a little library, you know, and get it going. And so he did this and man, his school grades the next year shot up because he started reading. His dad was like, his his dad came to, to my house crying. You know what I mean? You know, saying that, that he was so thankful for what we did to him, that, you know, we didn't put him in a situation of embarrassment, but we put him in a situation of empowerment. And through that situation of empowerment, he believed he can do it because he had to serve those young kids. And, and all I'm saying is this in in a, in a nutshell, is that if you desire to reach your community and you're looking for a, a, a program that is flexible enough and the methodology that you can pro- apply it and you want to see your kids grow up to become leaders, Contact me. You can go to our website, which is 3deepleadership.com. That's 3deepleadership.com. Uh, nothing we have is sacred. Nothing we have is copyrighted. We just want to see kids not just reach with the gospel, but we want to see them becoming leaders. We want them to be that 70 or that 120 that goes out and makes an effect. Have a blessed weekend. In Jesus' name. Amen.